We'd like to welcome you this morning if you're joining us online. Um, we just have a few here this morning, so I'm thinking that most of you are going to be joining us online today because of the snow outside and the cold weather. Um, it was a challenge this morning getting in the vehicle. Once I got in it, it was okay. Had both doors, all four doors were frozen shut, couldn't get them open. And I uh, ended up pouring hot water all over the back hatch and Preston helped me pull on it and we got it open. So I got, I got in. I can still crawl over seats and turn around and do all sorts of contortions to get my feet where they need to be to be able to drive. So I was encouraged by that. Um, we're not well represented today, old people, because of the 18 that are here and the five kids, uh, only eight of those are uh, folks that are over the hill. So the youngins beat us today. Our uh, young kids with their four by four outnumbers, outnumbered us, I guess. Ah, brought back a lot of good memories just uh, sliding in the snow this morning. So did Santa get you what you wanted this year? It all turned out exactly. Gene, you didn't get what you wanted. You wanted a front tooth and you didn't get it. I'm, yeah, not even going to. Oh, what we desire, what we want. This is really our New Year's message. It's really close to Christmas, the way it fell, but uh, New Year's will fall before uh, our next uh, service. And so I'm kind of looking, hanging on to Christmas, but looking forward to the New Year's also. Uh, one of the things that mama taught me early on as a child was the difference between a want and a need. Did your mama teach you that? I remember going by a bubble gum machine or one of those any machine that you put a quarter in and get something out of them. And I'd be begging for a quarter or a penny back then, but uh, mom, let me have something. I want one of those, I want one of those. And she'd always say want and need are two different things. And uh, I get that. Uh, we taught our kids to make an appeal because we did the Ezo stuff, the growing kids God's way. And we taught them to, to make an appeal if they didn't like the answer and if they had information maybe that we didn't know about and wanted to give us new information. And Shalisha was notorious. She was the baby. And she would say, Dad, I want to make an appeal. And I'd say, what new information do you, do you have? And she would say, I really, really, really want it, Dad. It's, like, it's not new information. It's amazing how that works, though, when you're, uh, you know, a cute little blonde-headed, blue-eyed girl. You can get away with a lot. So as you think about desires, what you want versus what you need, look back over 2022, looking forward to the next year. Is there something that you did in 2022 that's worth repeating, that you want to try to do again, in, or 2021, that you want to repeat in 2022? Anybody? This feels like a small group Bible study this morning, so feel free to jump in there. Okay, well, y'all had some really loser years then. If there's nothing there you want to repeat. Um, uh, some of you went to Florida. I can't believe you didn't jump in there with that one, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't like Steve. Okay, I got it. Yeah. Uh, we had some pretty awesome clam digs. We had one this year. It's probably one of the most perfect that we've ever had. And uh, we got to take an extra five clams too and did them about 10 minutes. Had a beautiful sunset, great weather. It's the kind that 
makes you fall in love with clam digging that are very rare. You know, if you can take people on one of those, then they'll always want to go. If you go on one where it's snowing and raining and all the other stuff, they'd never want to go back. But it was, it was a beautiful moment and, and uh, had a great time with the family there. So some little things, you know, that were just gifts from the Lord that we managed to step into. Is there something that happened in 2021 that you never want to repeat again in 2022? Anything? COVID was not real fun. Uh, I do find just to uh, miss that again. Uh, so anyway, it uh, took a while to get the taste buds back. And that was really good in helping me lose some weight. But, you know, it didn't take long to get that back. What plans do you already have for 2022? I'd say that's a that's a God desire and a God sized desire. I like that one. Some other big plan you might have for uh, 2022. Hmm? A new baby. That's a pretty big plan coming in April. I like that. That certainly was a big plan in our life every time it happened. Yeah. Lori and I are looking forward to the winter retreat. We always do. So there's some neat things out there. Yep, Cooper's amen in that. Yeah, he's all with us this morning. Strong desires. Weak desires. Desires, period, is kind of what our, where I want us to talk about this morning as we think about the new year. Of course, that brings to mind Psalms 37.4, which says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Let's start with the last part of that, the desires of your heart. According to uh, uh, Barnes's commentary, he said this. He said, the meaning here is that we should seek our happiness in God, in his being, his perfections, his friendship, his love. And then when we do that, when we're seeking our happiness in him, that will regulate our desires, he says. So that we will then be disposed to ask only for those things which will be proper for him to grant. So there's a, a sense in which as we seek the Lord, he gives us the desire and then he gives us the fulfillment of the desire. And that's what we're really looking for is to kind of take us out of the picture and get on the same page the Lord is. And then as we desire what he desires, then obviously he's going to be a part of trying to move in and make and help that desire happen, right? Because he's going to desire it too. A perfect illustration was your request this morning, Gene, about what you desired the next year. That's a perfect example. But even God is not going to trump the free will of mankind. And so they can continue to resist. But that's a God desire and a God-sized desire. And it shouldn't surprise us when God does those things or certainly joins us in the process of trying to make those desires come true. He says here also the fact that 
a child loves his father and finds his happiness in doing his will, will do much to regulate his own wishes and desires and will at the same time be a reason why the father will be disposed to comply with his request. T.W. Hump wrote a book years ago, The Mind of Christ. Let me read to you an excerpt from that. You must be controlled by the will. Uh, no, let me try again. We're going to get there. Okay. An ordered mind, like the mind of Christ, must be controlled by the will. Must be controlled by the will. You must make mental decisions concerning what you think about. How many of us make mental decisions about what we think about? Most of the time, the biggest mental decision we make considering what we think about is the movie we pick out. And for the most part, a lot of times it just runs with whatever's moving around us in the day. But to actually take every thought captive, as it says in Scripture, and to, to be involved in that process of controlling the mind is a pretty difficult, something you've got to stay on top of all the time, an ongoing sort of thing. It's one of probably the most difficult battles that I find myself facing all the time. He, he says there, you must get to the place that you choose to deny your desires that can conflict with God's desires. Choose to deny your desires that conflict with God's desires. You must choose to want what God wants so that Christ's desires become your desires. Now, you get a lot of evaluation going on now. And you see why we don't do that. To ask ourselves a question about the thought that we had and does it line up with the will of God and the purposes of God and the desires of God? Is this just something for my own flesh? Is this something just that, that I want? But to measure those desires and to really think about them, a lot of times we just live life. He says here, you must choose to want what God wants so that Christ's desires become your desires. You must choose to want what Christ wants. You know, when you're talking about spiritual freedom in any kind of addiction that the person is in, one of the first things they have to do is decide that they don't want to be in that addiction. You have to decide to want what Christ wants for your life. So changing your wants sometimes is a hard thing. Changing that desire. And sometimes we have those conflicting desires. We'll talk about that in a minute. He says, as this begins to happen in your life, as your desires begin to be the desires that Christ would have in your life, you'll begin to experience a freedom in Christ that will allow you to live life to its fullest dimension. Do you believe that? Now, that's a lot of mental work. Matter of fact, it's a lot of mental work to even follow what I just said. And half of you out there are already done. That was too much mental work. I tell people all the time, thinking is hard work. Uh, just putting together a sermon, it's amazing how much of that is not necessarily commentary reading, but just reading the word and then thinking about it. Just musing it over again and again in your mind to figure out what it is that's being said there. He says the process toward freedom is this. This is still from Mind of Christ, T.W. Hunt. He says, make... 
your own list of your desires. Just make a list of your desires. He said, this will be the beginning of an ongoing process for your life. And it's a good process to get into. So when I first read this book, I just did what he said. And uh, he explained that, that to do this exercise or task, you just put down whatever comes to your mind. Let the Lord lead you. Uh, you can let your checkbook lead you. That's a good way to figure out where some of your desires are. You can let your time lead you. What are you investing your time in? That's a good way to see what some of your desires are. Look at the things you count. Uh, he didn't say this, but uh, D. Duke did. He said, we count the things that are important to us. If money's important to you, you count dollars. If it's not, you don't. If you're a fisherman, you count lures. If you're a beekeeper, you measure your honey in pounds. You know, I mean, it, it, you count the things that are important to you. So what do you count? What does your bank account say? What does your time say? What does your heart say? What are just the things that you want and you desire? And you just make a list. Just start writing them down. And after you've done this and taken some time with it, identify desires that conflict with each other. You may be surprised that you have what James calls in 1.8, a double-mindedness about you. You may desire things that actually are in conflict with each other. And he says about that person, when they're looking to receive what they ask for, what happens? They don't get it. Why? Because they're double-minded. They can't possibly move in a faith position to ask for it because they're double-minded about it. Now, those are pretty easy to identify. And there was some of those on my list when I first did this a hundred years ago. I went back and read my list again this week and I'll talk about that in just a minute. But there was those, um, or there were several of those things that were definitely double-minded. There's no way that I could have this desire fulfilled and this desire fulfilled because they just didn't match. Entangling alliances, okay? Uh, sometimes we don't even realize we have those. We read James and we say, I'm not double-minded. I know exactly what I am. Right. I love everybody. I love the people who, who vote for abortion but say they're against it. No double-mindedness there. See, it's tricky. We find a lot of double-mindedness in our life if we're not careful. Identify desires that may conflict with uh, your other desires. And then you get to do the process of evaluating those to get rid of some. Pray that Christ will help you get rid of desires that are in conflict with His. You want to get rid of the ones that obviously are in conflict with what Christ would desire for your life. I mean, I think we would all agree with that, right? If you don't, then you're going to have to go back to getting your want or changed, you know, where you want things that are not what Christ wants you to have, right? Philippians 2, 5, it says, have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Have the mind in you, which was in Christ Jesus. And in the context there, he talks about that mind being one that is humble. One that is set on the purposes of God, first and foremost, in following the will of God and purposes that God has for our life, first and foremost. In theory, that's where we all want to live. But how many of us really want to live the life of Christ? 
I'll sign you up tomorrow. You can, you can be uh, brought before the Sanhedrin. You can be beat up, spit on. They can pull your beard out. You can be beat with cat of nine tails with the 39 lashes. You can too sign up to go to Mount Calvary, take up your cross and follow him. Not a lot of people want to do that. Years ago, there was a movie that came out and I can't remember the name of it. I, I'm terrible with that. But there was a, a young lady who signed up for the military because of the ads. And then when she got there, it wasn't what she'd signed up for. She wanted the military with the condominiums and the swimming pool and the other stuff that she saw where she got to travel and see the world. I think we sign up for Jesus and with Jesus a lot of times. And uh, we're surprised along the way um, that it's taking up a cross and following after him. It's denying self and it's following the will of God in this world. And it's stepping into eternal purposes that are so far beyond anything this world desires that it's hard for us to step into that sometimes. And when the going gets tough, a lot of people want to get going. And there's the seed that just sprouts up quickly and falls away. And there's the man who puts his hand to the plow and looks back. Uh, there are all sorts of reasons to quit along the way. Not counting the cost. You have to count the cost. And we don't talk about that an awful lot. Why? Well, because that doesn't sell. Because everybody wants the, the Jesus with the condominium and the Porsche and the, uh, all that wonderful stuff. Jesus is going to be the best thing in the world that ever happened for your marriage. It's going to be the best thing in the world that ever happened for you and your kids. I mean, but we don't necessarily measure things that way all the time. Christ desires, pray that Christ's desire will become yours, that he will give you his desires and that you'll see them in understanding. And so now Christ begins to be the focus of a lot of this. Try to make decisions again based upon what you think Jesus, what Christ would desire rather than your own desires would be in that process. You know, that little phrase that was coined a while back, what would Jesus do? That's not a bad phrase. To look at your desires in light of what Christ would desire for you and for his kingdom. Okay, so you make a list of those desires. Everything that comes to your mind. You write that down. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And then you consider the ones that are in conflict with each other. Then you consider the ones that are in conflict with God. With Christ-like behavior. With the mind of Christ. And then you're going to try... To begin that process of controlling your mind so that you're thinking then about the good ones and not the bad ones. You're moving on from the past and the old stuff into what's good and the new. And to do that, one of your focuses is, has got to be, if not your only focus, at least your major focus has got to be on Christ. And the reason I say one of instead of, you know, set your eyes on Christ Jesus and follow him. That's what the scripture says. But the reason that I don't exclusively say that is because there's a bigger picture in the word of God too that I think we need to look at and so yes we're focusing on Jesus he's the ultimate revelation of God to us and without him we would have nothing and you need to know the gospels like you know the back of your hand but there's a whole lot more in the Bible too that we can bring in that'll give us some help on what Christ wants and what he desires in our life and our home and our family what God wants in our world, where we work, I mean, there are all sorts of things in Scripture that outline and tell us what the will of God is for our life. And that makes it easy. So I would put those two together in that fashion. Consider carefully, though, 
the revelation of Jesus. He said that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through me. And I really would encourage you to start there. And so would T.W. Hunt. That's what he says, the mind of Christ. That's what we're going for. That's where we're, what we're moving into. So we want to then agree with God about things like sin and self and Satan. And we want to turn away from those things and turn to God and set our mind on those things. That's really the gospel. The heart of the gospel is just that. Turning from sin, self, and Satan. Following the Lord Jesus Christ. Receiving the work that he's done for us. And then we're in a position where we can even be transformed into a new creature so that we can have the mind of Christ. Because without that, we don't have a love relationship to drive us. And ultimately, I, I say this too much and I'm sure not clearly enough, but ultimately the love relationship has to be the thing that drives you. Because what we have in salvation is a covenant relationship with God, a covenant relationship that comes through Jesus Christ. It's His blood that bought it. It's His body that's broken that are the ways to enter into this covenant. He did what He did to handle our sin problem. So now, we're in a position, if we receive that by repentance and faith, we're in a position now to walk in a love relationship with God that is a covenant love relationship. So often I talk to people and ask them about their relationship with God or just where they stand with Jesus. That's the question I like to ask. Just tell me, where do you stand with Jesus? And I get this a lot. Well, I believe he's there. I get this a lot. Well, I went to church. You know what I don't get a lot of? I really love him. You think maybe we're missing it? Because the covenant relationship is about that. It's about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind. That's what it's about. And so somehow or another in this process of developing these desires and this mind of Christ, if there's not a love relationship there, then all we've got is a list of do's and don'ts that we're pulling from the Bible. But when you have a love relationship, you know what offends love. I know what offends love in my relationship with my wife. I know what offends love in my relationship with my kids. I know what to do to offend love in my relationship with my friends, my church. Listen, it's pretty, pretty easy to figure out the response that's going to tick the whole world off, isn't it? But to not do that and to do what love says is a more difficult thing. And so there's a couple of phrases I want us to take with us into the next year. And here's one of them. Others can, I cannot. I think I got this from Bill Gothard. I'm not sure. I don't ever, would never say that I ever had an original thought. Uh, so I know I stole it from somebody, but near as I can remember, that's where it came from. Others can, I cannot. That makes perfect sense within the context of love, right? I knew a lady one time that couldn't listen to jazz music, and I thought, well, that's crazy. I like jazz, you know? But from where she came from, the life that she lived without God and where it was centered in a world that was full of jazz and full of all kinds of things that were not of God, when she walked out of that and into a love relationship with God, she had to let go of jazz because for her, it was something 
that led her mentally to a place where she was not taking the thoughts captive like she needed to. And other people would look at her and say, well, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. No, it's not. Others can. I cannot. She understood it offended her relationship with God. I don't know if she ever got to a point where she could listen to jazz again or even care to want it to. It didn't matter to her. She had a love relationship going on with God. So that becomes the barometer. The love relationship that we have with the Lord. Question is then, will this be an offense to that love relationship? Those are the questions we need to be asking ourselves. Will this be an offense to my love relationship with the Lord? Can I have this mind? Can I have this attitude? Can I have this action, this thought? And it be compatible with me loving the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, and with all my mind. So, this is kind of a New Year's message here, right? It's not just a matter of self-control. We'd like to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and just say, you know what? These are the rules. I'm going to do the rules. I'm going to live the rules. And I'll be living a great Christian life. No, you won't. You'll be living some great Christian legalism. But if you will let love and the love that you have for God be the guide in that, then self-control is guided by your love relationship with God and ultimately ends up being what? Christ control of your life, which is what you want. But it takes self-control not to offend love. And by His grace, He'll give us that. So here's the deal. I want to challenge you to be intentional about a few things in 2022. But if you're intentional about the wrong things or the wrong desires then it's, you're going to be like the old boy who climbed the ladder and, and got to the top and realized it was on the wrong wall, right? So I'm asking you at the beginning of this year to take some time and do some what may seem foolishness to you. Pull out a piece of paper, write down your desires, do what I've asked you to do here, look at it, compare it, see. You may be surprised. You go, oh, those, those things actually conflict with each other. I can't possibly, you know, I mean... Yeah, I, I've got several funnies I could throw in there, but I'm not that have to do with hunting. You're sick of my hunting stories. But you can have con conflicting desires. I mean, I, I give you one. Okay, I give you one. I really desire to see my kids and my sons-in-law and my daughter-in-law. I love to see them be the ones to get the kill. But when a four-by-four four walks out, I really desire to be the one to get the kill. And sometimes I'm sitting there going, Asa, if you don't shoot, you're waiting too long, boy. You know, uh, I've been scoping this animal for three minutes and you're still trying to get your breathing under control. <gasps> Conflicting desires, right? I want that four by four, but I want my kid to get this. You know, I mean, it's a... That's kind of a trivial illustration. But you're going to find you have a lot of that nonsense in your life. Where it makes you evaluate relationships. It makes you evaluate your love relationship with God. And really put priorities first. Hmm. Anyway, make the list. Do it. Make sure you're not climbing up the wrong wall. So that you can say, man, I, I did all that. I got, I got going. Put some things in practice. And, 
and ended up on the wrong wall. You want to get your desires lined up with the mind of Christ. And let me give you a couple of verses and kind of wrap it up here. Proverbs 16.1 To man belongs the plan of the heart, but from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. All a man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. So you better be looking at motives here. That love relationship. Com commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. The Lord works out everything for His own end. Even the wicked for a day of disaster. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this. They will not go unpunished. And then if you drop down to verse 9, that whole chapter is good. I encourage you to go home and read it. But down in verse 9 he says, in his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. So we're just going to be frustrated if we're not working and walking in his will and way anyway. But frustration is a place you can live. In Isaiah 32, 8, he says, but the noble man makes noble plans and by noble deeds he stands. It's okay to do some planning. It's okay to think some things through, to have some desires and to project what those look like and make a plan. I mean, I'm excited about Cannon Beach and what we're going to be able to work on as a couple there and what we're going to be able to work on with our Lord there and the fellowship that we have with the family of God there. There are three facets to that that I'm excited to be a part of this year. Uh, I think it's a noble plan. It's good to make those. In the end, though, who determines whether we get there? Governor Kate and the snow, the weather, right? I mean, ultimately, uh, we can look at that and say, eh, it's God, isn't it? We make the plans, noble plans, but in the end, he's the one that guides the steps. So you get the idea that good plans come from good desires based on an understanding and a knowledge and a love of the Lord Jesus Christ and His Word, right? That's it. It's just that simple. That's all I'm saying this morning. And if you'll do something with that as you move into 2022, even just one thing would be an improvement sometimes, wouldn't it? I told you I was going to share with you. I, uh, several years ago, had looked at and made a list. And uh, when I did, I went back and read my original list this week. And uh, as I read that, I was encouraged at desires that had faded that needed to. I was discouraged at some that needed to and had not. I was encouraged by desires that I wanted to add, and I actually did. And I was discouraged by desires that I still want to add, and they're still on my wish list. You know, you have a wish list for some of those? Probably the chief one on my wish list would be gentleness, I think. And it was on my wish list a long time ago. I'm not any better at it now than I was then. I think if I am better, it's just because I got older. And there's something about age that changes your perspective on things. Jeremiah 29.10. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I'm going to come to you and I will fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. Because I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Lord's a planner. He's planning out there way beyond the Babylonian captivity. 
Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. He's always about that kind of planning. Then you'll call upon me and you'll come to me and pray to me and I will listen to you. Now look at this. And you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. There's that Jesus thing again, isn't it? Seek him with all your heart. That's got to be a godly desire somewhere in there for us in 2022 if we're going to get close at all to what God has for us. If whatever our plan is for this next year, it doesn't include seeking the Lord, if it doesn't include loving Him with all our heart, soul, and mind, then I think we can expect our life to be shaken a little bit more. That's why they were going to Babylon. That's what he wanted. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, don't let us just run into this world the way we ran out of the last one. Help us to slow down a minute. Write a few things down. I may be overwhelming, but Lord, surely the love we have for you can capture in our life something. In our want to. That maybe, Lord, we need to step in, step into, Lord, with self-control, with purpose, so that our lives in 2022 can reflect your will and purpose for us better. So that your kingdom come, your will could be done a little more in our lives here as it is in heaven. And the platform that you give us to share Christ Jesus could be one that would honor the love relationship we have with our Savior. That would be really neat, Lord, to see that advanced in 2022. So guide us in the process and those that work the process so that it's a useful tool in our life in our steps moving forward in loving you. Amen.